on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Karee Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? We back in the house for episode 102. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome, everyone. Oh, man. (laughs) Dude. Uh, So, I I, evidently, I made a mistake. The Mandalorian season is only 10 episodes. So, they just released episode 8, which Mm -hmm. was the finale. I'm going to hold off on that conversation, though. I think we're going to have to invite somebody in. So we're going to do something special <laughs> for that because it was really good. So we're going we're going to invite uh, one of our long times uh, onto the show to talk to us about that. So I'm going to hold off on that. But uh, you been watching anything good this weekend? Uh, that was it. I pretty much just uh, watched The Mandalorian. I did catch um, a movie that I was really excited to see. And it definitely exceeded my expectations. It's um it's called Jiu-Jitsu starring uh Tony Ja, Nicolas oh, Cage and um awesome. a couple of other actors I'm not familiar with. But uh the movie was spectacularly terrible. It was Oh, it was bad. It was Oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, okay, my, God. I, my bad. I was <laughs> I, you said Tony Ja and I was like, "Oh shit." I mean, I should have led with Nicolas Cage and then <laughs> 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 Okay, so it's that more Nicolas Cage your... energy than Tony Ja energy. <laughs> I mean, not really. Yes, yes. As far as the energy of the movie, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it's it's basically uh, it's a it's a predator clone. Um, there's a oh, fucking geez. portal somewhere in the world where this movie takes place, and once every six years, a comet passes by, which opens up a portal, and then the warrior of death comes through, and then he duels. I think uh, seven people or something. Or I don't remember. He duels a certain amount of an arbitrary number of people, and if he's satisfied with the duel, then he's like, "All right, cool." Deuces, guys, and it goes back in the portal, and the cycle repeats in six years. Six years? Yeah. Nah, nigga, that's gotta be like a hundred year cycle, <laughs> yo. Otherwise, niggas will be prepared for that shit. You know and what I mean? Like, they would have nuked much, that shit, that thing, and you would never make the, it out uh, that portal. You kidding me? <laughs> anyway, yeah, go ahead. That's kind of what... How, uh, what the plot of the movie is about it's about like this team of people that have decided to like end the cycle and you know it's it wasn't last good duels. it wasn't good man it was like it was bad they like they None had the good fights the fights were the the the, the, the fight choreography was great and okay. the actual action was Whew. actually pretty good the, the what was bad is like their cg was whack and oh, no. like i don't even know why they did it this thing that really annoyed me for example for example the movie opens with dude, this dude running from the Predator. I'm going to call it the Predator clone. This dude is running from the Predator clone, the main character. And he keeps looking back. And they just keep animating these shurikens just flying all over the screen. But what I mean... But they're not going in any particular direction. <laughs> feel me? Because when they change the angle of the shot, regardless of where the angle of the shot is facing and where he's running... They're always like flying either to kind of like from beyond the screen towards him. So, you know, what's funny is is that I don't think that a lot of people would realize if you've never done something like that on a large scale is, is that uh, the director is involved with the CGI. You don't just give the CGI team a bunch of this is what you need to make and then walk away. Exactly. No, the director has to be very much influenced. And so what that sounds like is, is that the director probably had never used this technique before of CG into the movie. And so didn't actually know that they were supposed to be there t- directing the CG team while they're there. And so the CG team did their best, 
but they had no direction. And so you could see it. Like, there was literally no direction. So, so why exactly are there shurikens just flying all about? Also, how many shurikens does he have? He Where is he have... in relation to the shot? So That's, that we can make it all look That coherent. would have been the thing that would have made the most sense. But they're they're literally just, like, fly. Like, he's in a scene, and they'll just be flying. Switches directions, <laughs> and he's in another scene, and they're just flying all over the screen. Yeah, yeah, But... Um, another thing that was really dumb was the main character had amnesia. And I only know that because I watched that that um, YouTube series you told me about of the of the stunt guys. Uh, oh yeah, they're critiquing really the movies, and I think they made that comment one time where they were like, "Yo, did the director even pay attention to this scene? <laughs> like, did oh, he yeah. give it a once over after you <laughs> yeah. turn it into him? <laughs> nah, nope. But, but yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But no, uh, nah, it's um. The other thing that was kind of whack about it was the main character had amnesia for some strange reason. Oh, I hate that storyline. I hate that storyline. The story that line. made me so mad about the amnesia. If you remove that completely, the story still worked. Feel me? So I'm like, why did you do that in the first place? And it just made it weird because the main character was just, I don't know. It's so, I, I think it's maybe a combination of the, uh, the, the poor writing and the poor acting, but the main character just looked oh. really goofy. He was just spaced out half the time. Who was, huh? Who's playing the main character? I, I'm not familiar with this guy's name. Okay, good. It wasn't Nicolas Cage or Tony Jaa. No, Nicolas so, Cage. I don't, I don't care about his name. I just was. I was like, was it Tony Jaa giving a poor acting performance? No, Tony I could Jaa totally was imagine Nicolas Cage dope. just like totally playing the character in a direction. It's like, yo, what are you? And Nick what Cage is your was actually pretty dope right too. Like, he, both his character and his performance were good in this movie. He didn't really go off the rails too much. He, okay. was, he was pretty standard. Cool. Nick Cage. But mm. it was just, I don't know. There was just a lot of weirdness going on in that movie, and. I was excited to, but I knew it was going to be bad. I knew it was going to be bad, okay? Did because they at least jiu-jitsu is, is like... And it's called jiu-jitsu? It's called jiu Bro, if you're fighting aliens with jiu-jitsu, you're going to lose. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. You can't and fight aliens with jiu-jitsu. the thing that annoys me about the, the alien is clearly a MacGuffin, man, because he has this suit that just repairs itself after every damage. They kill it at least, like, 10 to 15 times throughout the movie, and the suit just repairs... It just, like, breathes out some shit and repairs all the damage it does to it. I'm like... I'm like, guys, all right, whatever. But I mean, mean, if you're a warrior, how is that even fair? Like, why would you, like, does that make, I don't don't know, Stop asking questions, bro. Like, I don't know. (laughs) The name of the movie is Jiu-Jitsu, and they build it. (laughs) Nicolas Cage, the top star. I was not expecting it to be good, but I expected it to be entertaining, which it was. Oh, shit. You know, I've seen a lot of things that were not very good that were very entertaining. Yeah, the fights were very good, but you know the the character interactions. It was just weird, <laughs> weird. Well, I did catch two things. I caught um a really interesting documentary that Carolina put on, which I'm very grateful that she did. It was called Ramen Heads, and it, it's pretty much a documentary about ramen artists. You know what that I mean? Because there's people who make ramen as a profession, and then there's people who take it to that next level. And Japan is full of like individual shops of people who have apprenticed and worked really hard to make a name and they have very unique ramen styles and they all have different philosophies and oh this movie it was the most wonderfully japanese thing i've seen in a long time and and i really appreciate it um there was my my, if i because you know it was it was a like a uh an anime so they had their 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 lineup of of ramen chefs and the one that the guy I liked the most was like he was like a monk bro like he was always smiling you know he whenever he needs his his noodles he'd make sure his eyes are closed just because he feels like it makes the noodles happy that's like, hilarious I'm like nigga you make happy noodles that I is- fuck with you I, I want I want your ramen bro yeah you know, those places all sound like 
something I'd want to try. And like he fucking like he used this old technique where it used uh or like a really thick bamboo rod that in uh to knead the the noodles where and he like threw his leg over it and did it in this like really old archaic way and it's just like man I want to try some of this nigga's ramen for real, bro. It's like yo that leg style though. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. The technique was 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 priceless, but it did a great job of also telling the history of ramen because ramen's not um, a Japanese dish. It was brought in by Chinese. uh, Yeah, ramen is a Chinese noodle that was brought to Japan, um, I believe, in the late 1800s with the laborers. And in 1910, I think they said the started the the kind of beginning of Japanese style ramen becoming a thing and then it's evolved and then through and they told a history of like a bunch of random occurrences that developed different styles of ramen like before it was before uh it was never like the broth was one type of thing because uh, it came from china and and it traditionally had a very meaty broth um more like a stock okay but then when it came to china i mean when it came to japan the noodle was more what they carried over and the broth, uh, the Japanese didn't like the gamey broth, so they they started developing their own broths. And, like, it was just through, like, one day a drunk guy was at a restaurant and he ordered, can I get my miso soup with noodles? And so they put <laughs> ramen noodles in his miso broth, and that was the birth of miso ramen. That's and, hilarious. Yeah, it was, like, it was, it was a really great documentary. It's called Ramen Heads, and so I highly recommend it. But, it yeah, man, I love, like, how the, the artistry of it. And then when they went back into the history of it, uh, they they interviewed a couple guys who had been making ramen for like 60 plus years. You know what yeah. I mean? And so when oh, they talk about ramen in the context of a working man's food, not like ramen is today where it's an expensive luxury dish in, in some places. And so it was interesting, like the ramen master, and he was considered the ramen master, and and I can't remember his name. It was something very Japanese, and <laughs> I'm a little bit too tipsy to remember. But no, um, he made ramen in a very traditional style. He used like the old school like convection pot and to to boil the noodles and everything. But his ramen, even though he made it, his purpose, his philosophy was more of a practical. I want to make sustaining food for for working people, not the more flowery artist you know like i take like there was one dude bro and his broth was made with three different fish pork beef chicken butts that sounds like, kind of baller like, he's doing the he, most she was doing the most he's doing the most was amazing but i want to try it oh my goodness yo first of all this nigga would work his shifts and like wouldn't he doesn't use the bathroom he, he doesn't leave the pot when he starts cooking when he starts making ramen, he's making ramen. Nothing else matters. Like he doesn't do nothing else Dedication. bodily. He doesn't. Yo, my nigga's shit, and and it absolutely reflects in his his bowl of soup. And um and and I feel like it's actually a, an insult to just call it a bowl of soup. His, <laughs> his his you know his finished product is is something that's that's you know a, a step above just the bowl of soup. But um you know you could see that, and then he so he produced his ramen in one way, but the other gentleman. And 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 some of the other guys, like they showed one guy who was a uh, his ramen shop was a kind of like a, a it was a three tatami mat street vendor shop, and he makes That's two tiny. thousand like he said on a weekend he can make up to two thousand uh, uh, bowls of ramen Ooh. on just a weekend. 
Damn. You know what I mean? From from a uh, uh, like a Thursday to Saturday because that's their kind of weekend spread, you know. And so, yeah, like of course he might not be putting all of the thirty different ingredients, mastering the flavor profile, getting your sardines from this part of Japan <laughs> because this is that those sardines have a particular flavor that you're trying to grab the essence of. He's not doing it, but he's made so many bowls of ramen. He can do so. He knows all of the perfect proportions. He knows exact. He instinctively knows how long to. He doesn't need a timer or anything. Like everything he does is just. It's almost like making good ramen is in his muscle memory. You know what yep. I mean. And so his. That's why he's considered a master. You know what I mean. And so it was really great to see. And and I liked how in their culture the young nigga who's doing all of the fancy shit. By the way, and he's like, yo, on my days off, I just go to other uh, ramen shops. But when I do <laughs> of course it, you do. I, I go dress down in a five thousand dollar outfit with all my jewelry and bling. And he's talking about all, and he just does. He goes and stunts in other ramen shops. But even he That's shows funny. respect to those old school. Uh, ramen artists that that do it in the more practical and, and and fundamental way like it was a great documentary man i really liked it a lot so definitely check it out if you have some time it's called ramen heads that sounds pretty dope yeah dude it was like it's, really... it's crazy how much the japanese love food man like i didn't it's realize essential. it but i love it. um it's it's a huge staple of anime there's i think there's two isekai animes this season that kind of primarily focus on just them becoming cooks or open up, opening up restaurants because they missed the home cooking of Japan, so they recreated that in the new world. Japan pioneered putting cooking in video games. This is true. They, they've always had a this very... Always yeah, you're right. They had been, the cooking systems and shit. They had yeah, cooking sims. Yeah. Your RPGs, you had to camp and yeah, cook. Yeah, you had camp. Cooking could do right. things. Cooking gave you buffs. Like, Japanese they've pioneered always had using a, cooking um, in video games. They've always had a really uh, uh, sort of like reverent look at food. You know what I mean? Like, look at um, it. It's it's like a humorous trope, but there's a lot of main characters in shonen animes that have a very like close relationship to food. You know what I mean? Goku is a Chuchi. great example. Oh, you know Goku, I mean? Goku, Chuji. Luffy's the same way. Um, Luffy, Luffy, absolutely. Um, um, Tokiro is another example absolutely. of that too. Absolutely. It's like there is something about the food that you put into well, you creating it, new life. It, I, I think it's like an, an acknowledgement of its prevalence in our lives. Like mm -hmm. it, I think that that's part of one of the it's one of the gaps in American culture that has been hugely detrimental to it as a long lasting culture. Yeah. Like it, American culture will never develop into a civilization the way that Chinese culture or Japanese culture developed into civilizations because they ignore certain pivotal parts of of the human experience, like eating. Like American culture so doesn't respect the 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 human act of eating mm -hmm. that they allow people to to create trash food and they create a whole system around creating trash trash food without any any regard for how detrimental that is to the human experience <laughs> you want another luther burger you, you know what i mean <laughs> like it's it's crazy and so it, it, that's one thing that i i you know and i don't idolize japanese culture it's got some major flaws but that's one part Definitely. of it that that that's one of the reasons why it's probably maintained longevity is because it's even despite its flaws, it still maintains a certain reverence for parts of the human experience that are, are important, even if they don't have productive value.
It is what it is. You know, poetry, linguistics, those are things that are important in Japanese culture. Not not because they have productive value, but because they are integral to the human experience. And if you can if you can cultivate and, and enrich that, then people will overlook a lot of the other fuck shit that you do. I do like their um the overlap between like swordsmanship and calligraphy. Oh now that man. you the arts. It, it's it's such a such a true expression of art because art be in my opinion being like synesthetic expression it's art is taking something and expressing it in another form whatever it is if you if you have a feeling or a sentiment and you're expressing it through some other modality that is not its core way of being expressed that's art you know and and that's the difference between and i think i talked about this before but that's the difference between pornography pornography is explicit pornography is not trying to to convey anything other than what it is giving you straight up in your face you know what i mean and 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 that has its value but it's not art and so yeah i i love that that uh japanese culture inherently has that kind of acknowledged in their in in the way that they interface with with multiple parts of their lifestyles whether it's gastronomy through cooking martial arts and their physical fitness you know all of that but yeah man that was really cool and um man ah i had almost forgotten and carolina being the you know always bringing good things into my life she she had gotten the hulu membership and uh she found black jesus and she put that shit on (laughs) and i had almost forgotten how much i fucking love that show gosh man i binge watched season one yesterday I binge watch season two today. Like I really, that show was so well done. Like Aaron Magruder is an amazing writer. Yeah, yes. The man is amazing, and and you might not recognize it if you're not familiar with certain things or if you're not privy to the cultural references. But if you are, that show is one hell of an allegory because he manages to distill because each of those characters is allegorical of a trope of Christian believer. And it's funny because they're that's how diverse the community of Christian believers are, is that every single one of those characters is a different type of believer. Whether it's Miss Tootie, whether it's Booney, Fish, Trey, um, Lloyd, uh, Vic, they all believe in Jesus Christ, but they all believe in different ways. And it just shows how diverse that that community is. And as a foundational structure for the African-American community, how diverse the African-American community african-american community is within itself you know what i mean and so man i just fucking love that show because it's so genuine and it's a very authentic experience and slink johnson murders the role as fucking (laughs) black jesus my nigga gosh i love and i love how um the way it's written is you know jesus jesus is not always infallible you know what i mean he 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 is interpreting just like the people around him. He just has a greater faith in God than his disciples. But the way the storylines work is that they're always tested and and Jesus always finds creative ways of interpreting God's will to make the whole thing go go one way or another and it's really crazy like the kind of compassion he shows towards the main antagonist Vic and Lloyd because those two niggas are the definition of toxic christians gosh they are toxic man yo the amount of energy that that vic puts into fucking up um jesus's life is ridiculous 
Like, I'm not, but I'm not sure if Vic or or Lloyd is the Judas. Because I'm pretty sure that's what they were doing throughout the, the course of the show is that we were building up to 12 disciples. And, and oh man, I just, the, the allegory is so well developed. And, and you know what? I never actually saw season three, so I am excited to actually binge watch season three this week. Um, I, I'm probably going to wait a little bit before I, I, I talk about it. But, man, like that show, that was a, a really like stand-up, uh, 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 production by by Aaron Magruder and and I'm really looking forward to whatever he produces next, man. Because I don't know, he doesn't have a huge online presence from what I see. I don't hear much from him. Yeah, um, definitely, he's pretty quiet. And so I don't know if he's doing anything, but I would I would love to just see just jump, you know, headfirst into whatever he's he's uh he's producing because he has never let me down. <laughs> you know, between. The solid th- three seasons of Boondocks he did, and the three seasons of Black Jesus, man, like that. I mean, I think that that's really good. Like, not a lot of people can produce that much content, and 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 stay that consistent. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I look forward to what he's gonna do. I wish he was a little bit more um frequent in his. I heard production, but a, it is I heard there was a, a Boondocks reboot in the in the works. Is, I did hear that. Is it Aaron? So, yeah, of course. Ooh. Of course, um, that's yeah, why if, he's got, if, he owns, if he owns the right to all the characters, and we're finally going to get to see Huey, Huey, like whatever you know, man, I would, I really am interested to see where Aaron sees Huey's future, because Huey is such a great character, and he's yeah, so he dynamic, is. and 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 he he crystallizes like you know the black struggle in America, and I would love to see how he takes that allegory to its logical end in his universe. That I would love to 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 see as well, but yeah, man, getting back into Black Jesus, man, that was that that really made my weekend. I really enjoyed that shit, man. I had a great time. So thank you again, Carolina. That was that was a great little uh, uh, find on the Hulu. But yeah, ain't really shit been going on. Um, this was hella slow news week, but um, man, um, I do want to uh jump back into Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven because man. <laughs> It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse for them. So obviously, people have been playing the game for a little bit now. People who have been able to to, to play it on their on their um, next gen consoles, PCs, um, and unfortunately, I believe I'm not sure if this is confined to just the PC version, but there is a evidently a bug, but it doesn't seem to be a bug by the way that CD Projekt Red has been responding that when your save file hits 8 megabytes it will be corrupted and no longer be loadable into the game it's not good 8 megabytes in a good. game that that has cosmetic items spread throughout an open world that like has a item creation system that that encourages creating duplicates of items for new stats. Yeah, it makes seems really low. Boo, that's very low. Come on, people reached it within a week and a half. Eight megabytes is a week and a half of playing one of those games. And Eight I, megabytes is like one small picture in, in, in on an iPhone, you feel me? That's that. Bro. And so CD Projekt Red has been advising people in... Auto saving frequently, so that if you <laughs> run into that issue, 
you have a save that is before the corruption so that once they do eventually fix it, I guess, which I don't know if that's what they were implying because they didn't explicitly say that. But boy, man, that's a no go, man. That's that's like a one playthrough file. Like you could play through the game once without doing all the side missions and be under uh, eight megs. Yeah, that's pretty. That is pretty tiny. It's pretty tiny. Yikes! I mean, I don't know, man. And 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 there's been a lot of um, kind of chitty chatty about the devs being just the devs are the devs knew the game wasn't ready and yeah. it was management. This was all the money people because they wanted to they wanted to get in on the COVID bonus that all the games are getting right now. And they wanted to make it. Yeah, games are selling like gangbusters, right? PlayStation Five is the best-selling console in history. Yeah, well, that's because, but that's that's a lot. I think significantly because of the scalpers. But it's also because there are a lot of people. There, the people are scalping them a lot because because you know what I'm saying. People are at home right now. Remember when I I when I wanted to buy my scalpers, they would have sold out every unit as well. Absolutely, yeah. Like when I wanted to buy my PS. When I wanted to buy my PS4, I couldn't even find a physical copy. I had to buy it online. And I looked yeah. all around the, the the area. So, like, right now, everybody's at home. People wanted to play video games, and they wanted to make sure they got in on that 2020 bonus before the end of the year. And so, yeah, they Man, were willing that's to terrible. They ruined, their, they take, the customers under the so, bus for that. So, so do you, do you want to... Do you know what the last... Uh, um, the last time I saw the CD Projekt stock, how much it had declined? How much? Thirty-seven percent. That's pretty big. So, th- so that's that's what I'm saying. Like these motherfuckers just tanked that company because they weren't willing to just wait. The game was they the game was going to sell out regardless. They couldn't just wait till it was ready, and they tanked this company for it. And now, and, you know, CD Projekt Red is, they, a lot of the money they get is from like subsidies from the 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 government over there in, in Poland. They get they get a lot of government subsidies to help run the company itself. So I think the company will be fine. Yeah, but I don't think they'll ever make a game this big. Well, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm being way hyperbolic. It'll be a while before they recover to the point where they can make a game this size again. They can't just they because. They, the the hedge fund investment is significant. It is significant. Yeah, I mean, they it was a huge mistake, and they are going to hurt. But I think they'll be fine. They're just going to do what they've done in the past, which is just continue to work on the game as it comes out. I mean, it's the same thing that happened yeah. with um No Man's Sky. You remember? You remember what when No Man's Sky came out? They promised a whole bunch of shit and delivered didn't deliver anything. And over the course of like six months, they slowly fixed the game, and like a year later, people love the game. Yeah, I think that the problem that they're gonna run into right now is that it, it's it's the air. The the um video game developing companies, they're not they've there's been a lot of malfeasance on their part, and so this wasn't the time to lose that kind of of um uh, goodwill from the from the customer base. And so while I don't think it'll tank them altogether, like their stock might not rebound for a while. It. This was a man. Talk about an unforced error. Definitely. You know, like this was a gamble for <clears throat> show. And and I, and and it's so sad because honestly, 
you know, the game sold. Um, it was delisted off of the Sony market. Xbox is allowing it to stay on the market because uh, CD Projekt Red is obviously still supporting the game and going to make it better. But I don't think it was worth... And, and the damage with their reputation with Sony. I You know, for Sony to delist you off their market right before Christmas... You know, I, there are so many ramifications. It just seems so silly. It was like, guy, and so the devs are rightfully, and the, and the devs are sharing this sentiment, and so they're furious with management. And so I wonder how that's going to turn out because I'm not sure if they're unionized, but um, I think that they have some agency in this situation. I think the devs do have some agency. So that'll be interesting, and I'll be definitely watching that as that develops. Um. But yeah, moving on from that, um, as of the recording of this episode, the Celestial Convergence hasn't happened. But have you considered, A, what your superpowers will be, and B, what you will do with your superpowers when it happens? Yeah, those are the sort of things that you figure <laughs> out in the moment. Totally. Okay. You wanna you just wanna wing it, bro? I don't know, man. I wanna I wanna I wanna have some some uh forethought into this because you it's know not like you get to choose. God forbid we actually get superpowers, nigga. You know they're gonna be hunting us. I wanna be ready. I wanna be, I wanna find a gang of niggas who have some useful ass powers because I don't wanna get picked off, man. Cause you know they're gonna try to gank roll up on us. Well, the most you, the more useful your power, the more likely you are to be hunted for it. That's what I'm saying. You got to find a gang of brothers with other useful powers. I'm just saying, that's the only way we survive this, bro. Nah, but that shit is hilarious. Like that's pretty, and and that's how dead the fucking news has been. By the way, like that's the most pertinent thing that I could find to talk about is fucking the random. I don't know. So I was like, you know what? I'm game. I'm bored. Ain't shit happening. <laughs> Let me do what every Eurodite does when they want to learn something new. And and I hit the YouTubes and I was like, let me find a YouTube to explain to me what the fuck is happening with the superpowers, right? Nigga. So I was like, all right, this this video has thousands of of likes, hundreds of thousands of views. This is it. Let me just see what this brother is <laughs> a black man with a serious stoic face on, and he's gonna explain to me how the fuck we get in superpowers. Let's do this, homie. Nigga, talk about the biggest waste of my fucking time. Yo, Turns this out shit it was is a, a scam, huh? It was Who a total knew? sham, man. Who knew it was a scam? Man. From Jump Street. Nah, bro. <laughs> as somebody who grew up just praying uh, every day to God that I could shoot a fireball from my hands one day, I was like, man, is this really going to be the day like, on some random shit, nigga, after they done fucked with us all this time? They gonna give yeah. us some superpowers. Sus this is gonna be the day you give my nigga some ad dollars. Nah, <laughs> that's what's happening. Nah, man, that shit was a fucking farce, man. But yo, I was like, hey, that's fun because I've been getting back into like Marvel comics, a lot of um Hickman's run of the X Men. Nice. Um, and that shit is actually really good. Marauders is really good. Hellions is really good. X Factors is uh is oh, really good. Speaking of Marvel, have you seen any of the uh uh the trailer for the new Marvel stuff that's coming on Disney Plus? No. It's Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, right? Yeah, those are the two that I've seen. I'm not sure if they're I'm gonna more. wait. I'm gonna wait. I wanna wait. They both look super dope. I'm, they do? I'm excited for the two of them. Yeah, because I, sure, I sure. really do. Um you know what sucks, man? I heard Anthony Mackie was a dickhead, bro. Yeah. 
I yeah. heard the same thing, but you know. It is what it is. Anyway, yeah, he's not Falcon, the only dickhead. I do like, I, 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 I know, I have actor. to preface that because I was going to say I like Falcon's character. And so. <laughs> it is tragic for sure, but you know. No, nah, I like Falcon and Winter Soldier's characters a lot. So I, I, I am I'm hoping that that is suit, good. Suit, but I'm going to I'm gonna wait to see how I wanna see what the backlash is like. Well, I want to wait and see what the backlash is like. Because if it's haterade, then I'll go see it. Because when it's haterade, you know it's good. But if it's like genuinely like if it's just like zero buzz, then it's like, oh shit, this shit's bad. Like in humans. In humans, there wasn't even hate on Inhumans. There was a zero. You did not hear about the hate on Inhumans. I knew it was trash, and I heard them talking okay, trash okay, about it okay. from long But they were probably out. making very valid <laughs> points as to why it was trash. They probably weren't. It wasn't haterade. Like, why is Finn black? You know what I mean? Like that's oh, okay. haterade. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. I'm not. You know. I mean, I get you, but and fuck so the who gives a shit what other people think about it, nigga? You watch it if you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, then don't I watch don't it. I don't got time like that, nigga. What? Gotta, you only I, got time I, to watch a two minute trailer? Oh nah, nigga. I'm not making no adjustments off a two minute trailer. I've been fooled before. Whatever. Bro. I've been fooled, bro. Whatever, I've been fooled. Bro. You know what I mean? Whatever, I, you can't bro. say that you you've watched a two minute trailer and never <laughs> never watched the movie and been like. How, yeah, but the trailers to give you an impression. I've never once watched the trailer and was convinced I knew what was going to happen in the movie and based what happened in the movie solely based on the trailer. I'm not one of those oh, no, people. No, 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 no. But it's a TV series. Like, it, I, I'm a lot more pliant with movies for sure. But no, nah, not with a TV. I'm not going to watch 10 episodes or something to be disappointed I don't even like in humans. Trailer is a TV series. Nah, I definitely. Or, and not even as much watch the trailers, but I definitely take into account what I see. In discussion wise, but um, yeah, uh, no, nigga, but we talking about superpowers, dog. <laughs> you you've never you've never uh, mused as to what your superpower would be. Uh, telekinesis was the only thing that seemed dope, or gravity control was the only two that was worth gravity having, control, nigga. Same difference. I'm not gonna lie. Every time I see a gravity control character in anime, bro, I'm like, that's that nigga's gonna be bad. Definitely, gravity control is always a great, uh, great power. Yeah, a ton have. of options. Telekinesis is also a super versatile one, and and if I were to choose a power, telekinesis would probably be in my top five powers. Teleportation is a big one for me. I feel like teleportation is a very, very powerful ability, and that's one thing I loved about um, uh, Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy, yo, five. Five, yeah, five yo, is dope with it. That, five is really five is made that show it. for me, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've talked about a lot of those characters, but five was like probably my favorite character, to be honest. Just because that's that like if you develop teleportation right, you know what I mean? And you get you could do time travel, you could do a yeah. lot of shit with teleportation. Short range teleportation is amazing <laughs> for melee combat. Like that's my shit, bro. But yeah, so teleportation is very high in my in, in my abilities. Um See, I would say invulnerability, but invulnerability that's comes boring. in many, that's, many that's ways. That's wild boring, man. Because that, that's the thing is, is that there's a lot of ways to produce invulnerability, and they all have their own particular weaknesses. And so man. what's the point of being invulnerable if you have a fucking weakness? You know what I mean? Like, or not even that. You can produce invulnerability with a different, better power. With gravity well, well, control, you can like, prefer, per, perform certain types of invulnerability. I guess, but I'm saying like, because invulnerability comes in a couple of different stripes. There's like the iron skin, so you're impervious to just like ballistics and shit. Then you have like the the personal force field, which has its own. Like I remember there was man, 
Jonathan Hickman. I think this was. A, I want to say this was a Jonathan Jonathan Hickman um comic book, but there was um uh there was a superhero who had the ability to produce a person. They, they you know he was talk. He was called the Invulnerable Man. But really what he had was a personal force field that he would project over himself that would deflect everything. And so what they did is they uh, someone who had tele- um, telepathy took control of his mind and caused him to create a complete seal on the, the force field <laughs> and suffocated him to death. That's funny. And it was like, oh, I think it was the Purple Man, actually, because somebody who can uh, suggest that you do things. And so they just suggested into his mind that he that he closed the force field and he suffocated to death. And I was like, see, no, I do not want to be susceptible to that shit. But <laughs> there is no like there's never, ever going to be an invulnerability well, exactly. that covers everything. That's my never. point. So I would never choose invulnerability so, as my main. You got to. That's main why power. I said, like, even gravity would still I get with the but gravity see, and enough training. You can queen. put a, a force field around yourself. Oh, for sure. Do just that. Or yeah. Or you could just, you know nothing you know what i mean you can control things passing through your gravitational field that's that's a wrap you know what i mean but that's why i always thought that white queen was a was such a powerful character because she was a a world-class telepath and but the invulnerability of diamond skin was secondary that came that was and i also like that they were balanced right that she couldn't like use them both the same no she couldn't yeah 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 man but yeah dude fucking i would definitely superpower wise oh man Naruto is a great place to look because they really great uh, had a huge diversity of ways in which they can mold their chakra. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that, that that was always a fun place to see if, with the uh, different powers. If you want there. to see diverse, One Piece is definitely yeah. where it's at because in One Piece, it's, ne- it's not about the power you have, but it's about how creative you are with the application. Mm-hmm. Because like one of the weakest characters in the series has one of the best Devil Fruit powers ever, which is electricity. But... The electricity devil fruit is so strong that it gave gave him a false sense of security, and he interpreted himself as a god. And you know, he didn't really do any training. So the minute somebody showed up that was rubber, he instantly wrecked him. So, but at the same time, on the opposite end, there's like Don Flamingo who uses string. His 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 devil fruit power is to create strings, but he can do things from like create clones of himself. Fly. Oh, so he just uh, developed heal his very organs. High level. Yeah, like manu- uh, produce strings from the earth. Like it, it, the One Piece story is all about like how well you apply your devil fruit power drastically outweighs how strong your devil fruit power is, unless there's a gulf between the strength and you and the other fighter. It doesn't really matter how creative your devil fruit power is. If he's too strong, then you know he's too strong. He's Luffy. gonna punch you in the mouth, bro. Don't do it, Luffy. Yeah, he's gonna punch you in the mouth, bro. That's what you can do at that point. But yeah, man. Now I just thought that that was fun. I always think that that's a, a fun discussion, unless you're talking to Lembo about it. Because that nigga doesn't. <laughs> he has no cooth. He has no cool. He has no ability to think outside of some some next level shit. So. Yo, I like that everybody <laughs> in dreadnoughts that was there for that conversation brings that shit up at least. Once every three to four months, bro. Like yeah. every time, everybody was there. You can't for that talk about superpowers because and we all play fantasy games, and you can't talk about superpowers without thinking, like, damn, this nigga really just said he was gonna rape a bitch. Like, damn. Oh, that was gold, bro. But yeah, inside jokes for sure. That was gold. But yeah, moving on from that. 
Um, ain't shit else really been going on. I'll just move on into the depressing politics. Actually, no. We'll start out with a good politics story. Nina Turner's running for House of Representatives in Ohio. Okay. Bro, gotta, you love to see it. Anytime you see a strong black woman like Nina Turner getting into to, to high-level politics, especially because she's become even more unabashed about calling out the fuckery. She's become more brazen about pushing... Like, let's get morality back into politics. Let's get, let's stop allowing people to steal openly. Let's move towards a a, a form of governance. I think that, that is we the could have natural a little bit of reaction to what they're doing because they are also getting more brazen. It is Talk the about only it. Logical response. Talk about it. Talk about it. They just passed the fucking. They just passed another stimulus bill. You know what they're giving people? <laughs> Six hundred dollar checks. Oh man. Six hundred dollar checks. That's it. Amen. And no other and no other assistance. Good Maybe luck. another three hundred, I think, if you have a kid. Hey, Korea, look, man. If you learn to suffer, then you learn to really appreciate life. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the key is the suffering. Not for me though. See, Not for and me. that is and that is a flaw of America's bullshit Protestant fucking foundation. This this bullshit denominational Christianity that America is based off of has polluted the minds of people to think dumb shit like that. Because I don't believe, I mean, I I do believe very strongly that a lot of these conservative politicians genuinely believe that fuck shit. Why are we helping people? Because they're only going to get stronger by struggling. Fuck you, bro. This is not normal struggle. Eat a dick, Manu. You, you asshats asked us to stay home. Rightfully so, but at least allow us to get some of the money we've been paying you back to compensate for the time that we don't have the ability to to, to perform normal um um business. Like that's the fucked up part about it is that they are denying us access to our own money as if we don't have a right to actually utilize the benefits that this society has created. And it's yeah, fucking wild. Everything. It's wild, bro. That shit is out of control, and that's why I, I absolutely view Nina Turner's entrance into pol- uh, pol- politics as a positive thing. Because even whether or not she wins, just the fact that she's bringing this into the into the this is how you move the Overton window, not by trying to force a vote when you have no fucking political capital to get anyone to do anything. How you do it is in these primaries and in in these 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 house votes. That's how the Overton window really moves, honestly. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't move from from the halls of Congress. It moves on the outside of Congress where people actually see what's happening. You know, where people can can interface with 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 individuals who have their ten toes on the ground making difference in people's lives. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the that was the success of the Bernie Sanders campaign. Chuck Rocha uh, Nina Turner, Michael Render, um, um, you know, and 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 various other of his online um, outreach entities did a great job. Some of them didn't do such a great job, but most of them did a great job. And so that was the success of his. That's why he won those first four primaries. You know, too bad. You know, unfortunately, you know. Clyburn is the minority whip, and he 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 managed to 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 take take uh, responsibility for a natural uh, skepticism that 
old Southern white people had for Bernie Sanders. And unfortunately, they are the lion's share of the electorate. And in a primary where people were mixed on going out, the only people... The old people were the only ones willing to go out because the young people were trying to be responsible and not get them infected. And so that swayed the vote. Not Jim Clyburn. It was the natural dynamics of having a community of people during a pandemic trying to make decisions over the long term. And guess what? Old people don't have a very long term to, to sacrifice. So they're willing to go out. And young people not wanting to being responsible and not wanting to infect the old people decided this the primary wasn't where they where they wanted to take the risk and so it ended up being in the south heavily weighted that the voters were older uh conservative black voters that voted for for uh for Joe Biden and it is what it is man it is what it is we are we are here now you know but it, we got to we got to find we got to find ways to, to put pressure on them. And unfortunately, I don't think that the best way to put pressure on the Biden environment is sacrificing what little political capital we have um, to fight fights that are guaranteed losers. Because that's not how the Overton window shifts. The Overton window shifts by the people who are directly interfacing with the public. And those aren't the people in the halls of Congress. AOC is a is a is an anomaly. Katie Porter is an anomaly. Ilhan Omar is an anomaly. Remember, there's like... 400 plus people in the House of Representatives, and we can maybe name three dozen both across the Senate and House of Representatives that are actually public facing uh, politicians. The rest of them barely, barely have their name spoken in public. And so they're not moving the Overton window. They're just playing politics with their constituency. And so, yeah, I, I love Nina Turner in, in, in politics right now. It's going to be powerful. And that's where that's where we should be putting pressure on people because we have nothing to lose in those arenas. We have nothing to lose in those arenas. Those are the best arenas to go ham in. But, you know, you got these fucking fake ass leftists. Yo, the left is dead on the fucking in America. By the way, by the way, I want to announce that shit. The left, the left is left dead is in over. America. The left is over. The left is dead. I don't give a fuck. You got nothing but faux socialists. And 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 intellectual communists, but you don't have any real people who espouse left politics in a real way. Like you can't just be a leftist if you're trying to espouse left politics. Politics is part of it for a reason. So if you're on the left and you're not espousing for a power uh, a politics that 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 empowers you, then you're not doing anything positive. And that's all I see from the people who. Are, are are bashing the squad or bashing AOC, you know, for for how they choose to maneuver in the environment they were elected to maneuver in. They were elected as a representative, as a conglomeration of people's interests. So it's never going to fall in line with what an individual says. And so while I all I absolutely advocate for the brutal critique of what people are doing and, and the outcomes that 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 it that they that they garner. We can't sit here and act like we are the elected officials when we're not. That's not cool. Otherwise, get up and run for a fucking elected position like Nina Turner. It's possible. Fucking AOC was a was a a, a, a waitress. Katie Porter was a teacher. Uh, Jamal Bowman was a teacher. Cory Bush was homeless at one point. If you really care that much, shut the fuck up and run. 
Otherwise, understand what your influence as a talking head is and try your best to do something good. But don't sit here and attack people. You know what I mean? And that's all I see on the left. The left is dead because it's created a circular firing squad and decided to pull the trigger. And that's what all this infighting has become. It's like, yo, man. And then the worst part about it is that when people who are interested in interfacing with the left politics see this, they're like, no, sir. Not getting into that fucking fudge fight. That sounds like a hot mess. And so it just drives people away, especially young people, especially young black people, because young black people have more than enough drama. They can go to the shade room and then sit there and watch fucking Asian doll and fucking JT argue over some dumb shit with Megan Stallion. Like there's far more than enough drama on the shade room to suffice you know for them to then you know go into politics and see the same catty bullshit that happens on the shade room in politics they ain't interested it's far more interesting in the shade room and the people are prettier sorry like it just it is what it is like just the left is looking more like the shade room than it is like a caucus and shade room politics will never get anything done and so yo that's my declaration until i see some fucking actual actual factual parliamentary uh 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 coalition building then the left is clearly you know and 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 then you got you got half of the leftists you know trying to say that you know china's not as bad as we think and it's like you know what dude shut the fuck up of course china imprisoning muslim people doesn't affect you you fucking weirdos like come on man like you can say that america is trash without saying that china is good like Come on, man. It's just so fucking obvious. But anyway, that shit is a is, is a debacle. The left is a debacle. And there's no no one who is who is influential enough and philosophical enough to bring it all together, you know? And as much as I would love to be that person, I don't got no celebrity. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'll bring all, you know, 48 of our listeners together in, 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 in philosophical harmony. But what's that going to do? You know, but I, I'm always down for the conversation, but I just don't see that conversation happening in general on the left from people who have dedicated their lives to thinking about it. So now it falls on, on, on you know, talking heads to sit here and pontificate about what is a real left politics. That shit is crazy. Like, talk about a failure of fucking organizing. Like, you got your Boots Rileys and you got, you know, your Angela Davises and you got great people working on the left. But they're totally not they're totally not connecting to a significant subsection of of of, of the the uh, proletariat that they need to really get a hold of because the worst part is that we are probably the most productive portion of that of that of that demographic and we're just completely unutilized. But it is what it is. Um Laughing at those fucking $600 checks. I can't believe they did that shit. That shit is such a... I saw someone tweeted out. They were like, yo, that's some um, that's a, uh, some big let them eat cake energy. Because I'm not sure if you're familiar with the quote from Maria Antoinette. <laughs> but when the people were starving in France, she said, let them eat cake. And at that point, the French people like, word? Maybe Off we should head. behead this bitch, bro. <laughs> I feel like we should behead her. Yeah, we. I think we should just take that shit. And she ain't so, really using her head, so we should just take that. And so, shit, bro. and so, if it is, if it is, I hope that that energy translates to the people. I hope the people really get that 
that that same energy of let them lead, eat cake. I know they're starving, but here's six hundred dollars, and you better be fucking happy for it. Like I hope they get that energy, and and I never, I've never thought that this was black people's problem to fix. So I hope that that really crazy libertarian wing starts to see like, yo, we're gonna move on these niggas. I don't give a fuck. If you want to go kidnap white ladies and fucking do crazy shit, that's on you, my mans. I'm not going to encourage you to do it, but that's the only thing that's ever going to get these motherfuckers to change some shit. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, they're already moving in the direction of lockdown, of 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 trying to, to curtail every freedom that we have, trying to mandate that we take vaccines and all this bullshit. Like, they're already moving that direction. So if... If y'all are pushed to do that shit, it's your problem to solve. Because as black people, we ain't empowered to make those kind of moves. And that's the only kind of moves that they'll respond to. So whatever. Hopefully this bullshit will get them to actually be motivated to fix the problem that they've started in this country. That would be amazing. But let's be honest. (laughs) The likelihood of that happening is little to none. Very, 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 very minimal. Especially when... You know, one side of this argument is centered as politics around the most disenfranchised group of people in this country. It's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. I don't know how this works. <laughs> I don't I don't see how this becomes I don't see how this gets any better, but I don't know. I got my own opinions about that. I'm pretty sure that neither side of it wants to get better. They're making a lot of money off that shit. But yo, speaking of 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 uh public vaccinations. Did you uh did you see those videos of the wonderful public vaccinations they were doing? I did not see them. I just I've heard some terrible oh, things. Oh, they're glorious. So there was one in uh from Texas. I believe it was um Ooh, Texas. South Texas Medical Center where the nurses were were supposed to be getting vaccinated and the the guy who was vaccinating the plunger was depressed all the way. And so he stuck the guy with the needle and pretended like he reached for the plunger like, oh, it's already in. And so he moved his finger like he was moving. But the camera is clearly watching him like you could see it so clearly. <laughs> and that nigga is like, yo, don't, don't so look he's sitting there fiddling with, with his finger, acting like he's moving the plunger around. And he takes it out. He taps on the shoulder and he gets up and he goes off and like, I blame the cameraman for zooming. I blame the cameraman for zooming in too close. <laughs> Remember he fucked the whole shot up. He knew he was supposed to stay out and give you the wide shot. The, I don't know why he went the, for a close the up. The nurse who 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 took it and and so she took her vaccine and then she went on to do a press conference and then passed out in the press conference. That's a little weird. Um, several people have come down with Bell's palsy. I did see a lot of that. Uh, allergic reactions are rampant. Uh. In the UK, they've already found another strain of COVID that... That I that, heard about that, that concerned uh, me. I was like, yeah, how are you guys making your vaccine? So we're getting our vaccines just in time to get another round of vaccines for another round of COVID. Just you in time me? for the next like, round of COVID that's going to come directly thereafter. Because guess what? All these vaccinations are only going to cause it to evolve at a faster pace. And then we're going to have a super bug. Sweet! Dude, this is you mess, though. Dude, and that's what I love about fucking Jamaica. Jamaica was like, hey, yo, <laughs> easy am I, Bredgen. Ariel. Yo, we just like to make the rest of the world take it. That's how them deal with it. Yo. And then we are going to, if next we year, is everything all right. For our neighbors to have this vaccine. Please, make we know how it goes for Please, you after six months. Yeah. Then we will consider 
vaccinating our people with the same fuckery they're upon. Six yo, months to a year, we're not all right. Then we know it's our turn for forward. That's why I love it. And then, yeah, and then we you got the, 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 the bullshit uh, 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 internet newscaster trying to... There's a controversy in Parliament. There's no controversy. I am telling you that every Jamaican person is like, thank you, Most PM. Jamaican people Do feel not exactly that same way. Stick yeah. me with no needle. We don't yeah. want it. We don't need it. I'm good. Bridget, we are right. We don't have Corona and a Bridget, so we don't know where you want me to take no shot for. We never have it. <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and not for nothing, island nations actually have been faring very well because it's easy for them to shut off their borders. Um, it's the tourists that bring that shit exactly. in anyway. And they're always sequestered. They don't usually, Dirty especially in Jamaica, they, they try Sorry. to stay out of that, so... Yeah, I did. I did love that. I thought that was a great uh, feel good story out of Jamaica. The PM was like, "Yo, nah, man, we're good. We're good for now. Make we see how you wanna do with that." <laughs> but you know what? I did mention Nina Turner, and actually, I'm really looking forward to to seeing another uh, new member, actually, of Biden's cabinet. Cabinet Deb Holland, who's the first Native American cabinet member to ever. Congrats, um, Deb Holland. Yeah. And honestly, I really hope that she is kinfolk and skinfolk. You know what I mean? Because I hope that she's not just a face. But right. because Native Americans so fundamentally have such strong cultural values, as long as she embodies her, her Native American cultural values and what she brings to the table, I will love it. I would love it. Because that is not a sentiment that is represented in our politics whatsoever. Um, Native American culture fundamentally has an understanding. And and that's not to say that all Native Americans love Native American culture. I'm saying a lot of them do. And it's a good thing. They have a very enriching culture. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. And so I hope that she also brings that to the table and doesn't feel the need to... to kowtow to the people who have empowered her because that's what ends up happening a lot of times when you have minorities in powerful political positions they are so grateful for having being platformed that they then just represent the values of the person who platformed them yeah they just bow to whatever they say and so i hope that's not the case because native americans have a fuck ton to bring to the table let me tell you it is one of i love aboriginal excuse me i love aboriginal cultures I think that Aboriginal cultures, while we can't demodernize and go back to Aboriginal cultures, they have a lot that can enrich our current culture. And I think that one of the the problems of modern culture is the complete obfuscation of anything that the Aboriginal culture could bring to the table. And I think that's one of the reasons why you'll find a lot more healthy societies in other places outside of America. Because when you, once you get away from Western culture— the rest of the world actually has maintained, because of how old their civilizations are, they've maintained a lot of the traditions. They've gotten rid of a lot, but they've maintained the ones that can't. That They've maintained traditions or, or ways or customs into modernity that can translate over. And I think that it provides them with a certain... Uh, it, a, a certain perspective on things like nature, on Definitely human rights... Important. And the interplay between all of those things that is missing from Western culture. So I'm hoping to get a healthy bit of that from from Deb Holland in this in this administration. And I hope that she's empowered to 
to to do that and not just sidelined because it's very easy to sideline someone i mean trump does that shit left and right so it you know i i didn't i didn't want to, to be uh discriminatory and not also bigging her up because while i will always put uh elevating strong black, black women above anything else i don't want to be dismissive of the accomplishments of native american and and, and indigenous people because they are the originators. Definitely. They've you know suffered I mean? the longest. And they've of, suffered the longest. In this sure. country, anyway, for sure. And so, yeah. Definitely wanted to point that out. I thought that was really cool. Um, not just cool. That's actually not the, the term I, I, I would prefer to use. <laughs> it was very, um, hopefully, impacting in the future. But um, I did want to wrap on this story because it was particularly egregious to me. And, you know, I did talk about how much fucked up shit was going on. And actually, not that much fucked up shit was going on. But this in particular, this was what I was referencing. Um, the mayor of uh, Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, uh, w- had come out a f- uh, about a week ago or a little bit more um, that she was aware of the cover up of a botched police raid where they they pretty much barged into this grown black woman's home. She's a social worker. Not that any of that matters while she was changing and refused to let her clothe herself as they barged into her house, searched her house, handcuffed her. She had to stand there and, and this is all seen on the body cam. She's standing there exposed to them, terrified, just utterly mortified by the experience. And the only reason why we saw the body cam footage is because her lawyer, she wanted people to see this, not as an exhibitionist, obviously, but as, to see the treatment of yeah, citizens like, that's so who have in, done nothing wrong. Inhumane. Oh my, I mean, they, they couldn't even clothe the poor woman. And she's sitting there screaming to them, you've got the wrong house. Who are you even looking for? Like, could who is in charge here to stop? Like, if you if I was a criminal, wouldn't I be fighting you? And if I'm sitting here trying to engage you with with my words, why would why wouldn't you at least engage at with least my words first? Your back. Yeah. Because that is the safest thing from you and me. You know what I mean? Like these cops had no interest whatsoever in engaging this woman whose rights were being violated greatly. And then you got fuck ass Lori Lightfoot, who's supposed to be the progressive, you know, gay woman, black woman, who's supposed to be protecting all of these 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 minority positions and this is what i mean about the identity politics and how fucking empty it is in this country cuz that woman is a fucking rag i can't believe she 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 admitted to the cover up and then and then said that they have no they have no uh uh disciplinary measures to be brought up against any of those cops like this woman is a piece of shit man i'm sorry and i know i'm getting increasingly more upset i don't know if it's the alcohol or what but it just infuriates me because I see the the video because I only watched it because she said she wanted people to see what happened to her. And it's so fucking infuriating to watch these cops just sit there and not ever stop and say, what is going on around me? There is a yeah, older like black woman ever... standing in front of me handcuffed naked who who is terrified. She's clearly terrified. Why are you not at least trying to find a way to figure out why you've gotten to the point you are in time right now? Like, what the fuck is your life right now? Like, the fact that that people could get into, like, I've been in positions in my life where, you know, I've been in the argument, in the middle of an argument with someone, and I've had to stop and realize, like, 
you know what? I'm arguing with someone who I love and it's only going to get worse from here. So I got to stop and assess my situation and understand how I got myself to this pot. None of these officers, none of these nine officers who broke into this woman's house stopped and said, wait a second. I'm accosting a terrified woman who yep. clearly can pose no threat to me. She's naked. They None of them saw her as a human being, bro. None of them. None of them said, you know what? My mom probably looks like exactly. this naked. Exactly. Like, holy shit. Exactly. None what of am I doing right now? Empathize with this naked woman there. Because of the color of their skin, they could not and ever relate because of the them, color of their skin. Relate that woman to themselves. Feel me? That only that is the only the only uh, only because you don't consider her human could you ever continue to do what you were doing and at the very least not allow her to clothe herself. You know, and I expect that from white racist cops. I don't expect that from the gay female mayor of Chicago who has run on that identity as if she identifies with these people. And she doesn't. She doesn't. She's a fucking terrible human being for not doing everything and fighting tooth and nail to get this woman justice. And shame on you, Lori Lightfoot. Shame on you. And we'll go ahead and wrap on that. Thank you guys for joining us. I hope you appreciated each time. Uh, always uh, follow us on the social media if you can. You can find me on Twitter at Karee underscore T and at Home Heron and at Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can catch me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And always remember, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thank you for joining us, guys. Peace out. Take it easy, everybody.